This is episode 93 for April 4th, 2017, brought to you from Arlington, Texas. This week we'll be covering Style 5C, German Hellas Export Beer. Welcome to Brew Styles. My name is Sawyer, and together with Chris, Travis, and Eddie, we take on the world of beer one style at a time. Every week we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at brew underscore styles. Drop by our website, brewstyles.com, where you can stream every episode, check out our photo gallery, and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Brew Styles. All right, well, uh, with that buzz, uh, we welcome you back to another episode of Brew Styles. <clears throat> oh. That buzz? Yeah, sure. Because we heard that a lot in a recent episode. <laughs> uh, today, I am uh, joined by Travis. Travis, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well. It's been a very busy week slash two weeks uh, for all of us. Yes. And it's you know nice to be back in studio. Feels like it's been a while since you've been here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, done anything interesting with beer? Well, let's see. Uh, so last we heard from you, we were at the Blue Bonnet Brew Off. This is right. And I definitely wanted to get a consensus of just kind of our overall view and uh, kind of wrap that up also today. Yeah. I... Uh, I liked the fact that they did break it up into two days mm-hmm. as far as the tasting portion between commercial and homebrew. What I didn't realize is I went just as hard as I normally would at Blue Bonnet on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. And so Saturday, I was pretty much just a waste. Yeah. Yeah, we were pretty beard out by the time the uh, the homebrew mm-hmm. stuff started. I think I maybe had two homebrews, and then I was like, I'm done. Yeah, I was yeah. the same way. So... Yeah. There's a downside to having it split up, but I, you know, knowing that going into it next year, maybe things will be a little different. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think I'll change how hard I go on Friday night. I yeah, think but I'll I think you know, trying hard. to do that episode in the hotel room. Yeah. Didn't really help. Yeah. But we just anyway. didn't have any energy. Yeah, I was, I was tired. It's yeah. a long. It's a long weekend. Yeah. To do all that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. So if you haven't heard that episode. Maybe check it out. Take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's it's worth the entertainment value. Um, I would say more than the actual content that is in the episode. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. But that's what Blue Bonnet is. It's just it's a big you know happy free for all where you know you, you see a bunch of people smiles. You don't really see too many people that are upset about anything. Yeah. Uh, right. It's, unless it's like two twelve in the morning and you have uh, beer judges arguing about beer judging. Oh my gosh! Then, then maybe. And it was funny because while they were arguing, I at first sat down in a chair and attempted to sleep there for a few minutes, and then I decided, you know what, I'm going to the hotel room. 
Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think you're down there for that. And then y'all looked around and they're like, where's where Sawyer? <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing I knew, y'all woke me up and y'all were like messing with my phone or whatever. And I was like, man, what the heck? You were messing with your phone? Yes. I remember messing with your phone. Yeah. For like a good 20 minutes. I remember sitting down against the wall because uh, Chris and James were having a conversation and Mark Grimes was sitting next to me. And I never, at the time, I couldn't understand why he was there. And why he continued to stay there, even though he was visibly upset and did not want to be there. He wanted to be in bed. Um, come to find out, he was staying with James. And I guess James had the only room key. So <laughs> that's why uh, Grimes was down there, too. Yeah. Uh, well, interesting. Anyway. Well, moving that's, on. that's the voice <laughs> of uh, Chris. How are you, Chris? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing swell. That's good. Anything new with you? No. Well, just to talk about Blue Bonnet some more a little bit. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Travis, did you win anything? I did not. I did not either. In fact, <laughs> I was far from winning things. I didn't win anything because I didn't enter. Well, you know, it's looking at the score sheets, it's really hard to see where you ended up in the grand scheme of things. Sure. I mean, you have your score out of 50, but that's it. Um. The American, not American, the English barley wine that I entered to NHC last year that I got a first place in the regional round did not place at Blue Bonnet. Um, I got a 43.5 on my score sheet wow. average. That's wow. that's excellent. Um, so, you know, it's a high score. I, you don't see beers in the 40s very often, but clearly the three beers that placed were better than that. Mm-hmm. So... That's some pretty stiff competition, I guess. I wonder how close you were to those beers. I have no idea. It'd be it'd be good to see that, but I don't know yeah. if there's a way to look that up. I don't think they um, produce that kind of information. Yeah, well, with an average score that high, because you know there are commercial beers that don't score that high, mm-hmm. so you would have to assume that well, one, you would have to be very close to the top three, if not you know right next to it. Um, two. It's also amazing that the bigger that these homebrew clubs get and the more information that's out there, the better quality that's being submitted. Yeah, the harder it gets. Yeah, because even just a few years ago, I'm sure that you would have easily won a medal. But it's it's just getting more and more difficult with uh, the increase of the knowledge that's out there and just the overall kind of more people are interested in the the hobby itself. Yeah, maybe I'll stick to the master brewer for Cap'n here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Uh, I entered four things, and I didn't make second round judging even on any of them. The two beers that I thought would score the best uh, did not score well at all, which I was very surprised about. Because hmm. um, I, I had entered a beer and it won our club's master brewer competition for last month, got the first place, and then I get the score sheets back for that, and it had a a, a twenty nine overall score, so it was like. It was not good at all, according to those judges on that day with that yeah. beer, with that bottle. So, yeah. you know, anything that could have happened could have been a bad bottle, could have been just someone was uh, upset, or could be that maybe my beer is not quite as good as I think it is. I don't know. But that's one of those things that's really frustrating at times. And I'm sure that commercial brewers deal with this all the time, too, when you submit your beer and maybe you don't get glowing remarks back on it like you think you should. So... Uh, but overall, it was a, it was a good uh, weekend at Blue Bonnet. I 
Uh, I know that our club worked really hard on putting it together. We were kind of heading the charge this year. Yeah. And um, I, you know, in comparing it to Blue Bonnets in years previous, I think it went very well. There were, you know, sure some hiccups and some things that uh, I know some people complained about. But um, <laughs> yeah, hiccup is a. Uh, it's kind of under the bar in the way I would describe. Something. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't attend the food pairing lunch, but I heard that there were some issues with that. I never found out what the story was. Yeah, because there was an apology made at the award ceremony for mm-hmm. how that went, but I they never said exactly what it was that happened. Yeah. I and didn't then, read anything, hear anything. Yeah, and then there was an apology for the award ceremony. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, marathon four hour it seemed yeah award ceremony but anyway enough about blue bonnet yeah let's uh something else happened this week too the week after blue bonnet <laughs> was uh big texas beer festival yes yes, yes. which uh travis and i and and Fredo went to yeah oh uh, really <laughs> <laughs> yes really yes um they also split that up into two nights this year i thought it's always yeah. been two nights no they did the Friday Saturday thing last year for the first time. Oh, was it the first time last year? Yeah, I know this wasn't their first time, but this was our first time. Yeah, for going on Friday okay. night as opposed to Saturday midday. Yeah, and it was it was definitely a lot better. Night and day difference, literally. Yep, night I'll never go back. <laughs> I'll never go back to Saturday. Sorry, I will always go back to Friday night. Yeah, but I yeah I won't do the Saturdays anymore. Yeah, it was it was a lot better. Yeah. Uh, it's like maybe a, a third of the crowd. Or even a quarter of the crowd on yeah, Friday night. Yeah, the only downside was some of the breweries were saving their really good stuff for the Saturday tasting. Uh, yeah, that so was true. So we, we missed out on a couple of things by doing Friday only. Yeah, yeah but, whatever. You know, we still got some really good beer, and uh-huh. uh, yeah, it was a good time. Good time was had by all. Well, good. That's so, good. Yeah. Well, another something happened this week. Let him find I it. I have a major announcement. Yeah, this time really? I really, this time I really do. You have a major announcement. Yes. Well, tell us. About I am it. now engaged. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, thank you. It's fantastic. Oh, really? It's tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> so that that happened on Monday, uh, and then while you guys were at Blue or not Blue Bonnet, a uh, Big Texas, uh, I was out playing music in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And yep. uh, made some dang good money. So, yeah, it's been a good week. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I just uh, kegged the beer that we are currently drinking right now. Yeah, it's really great. It is uh, my second attempt at making a Munich Dunkel. The Doo Dunkel. Dooku Dunkel. <laughs> Dooku Dunkel. Um, it's a lot better than the first time. Um, don't know that it's exactly perfect yet, but. For my second try, it's not bad. It's very drinkable. I like it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I think so. it's pretty dang good. Yeah, if you could kind of elicit some more of the heavy chocolate sweetness that we had from the commercial examples, yeah, then I think it'd be pretty spot on. Yeah. It's better than your first one. I agree, though. I mean, it's got more body. It's got some residual sweetness in there. Final Gravity ended up like 1018, 1020. So, um <clears throat> Definitely, you know, closer. We're on the right track, so I'll keep I'll keep tweaking it. The issue is, you know, since it's a lager, I did lager for like three months, so this one's going to be a few and far between kind of kind of brew. Yeah, because it takes a lot of time. Yeah, but, yeah, but you know, it's, it's a fun project. But now that have, I've got four taps on, I can in the room. Know, uh, I can um, 
experiment out with that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, killer. <laughs> when I was in college, I first started experimenting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, you took the out part of that out. out yeah. You said at experimenting out. He did. All right. Anyway. Well, let's get on with the show, shall we? Oh, that's a good question for you, Chris. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's me. Yeah. You got the guidelines today, my friend. Nope. All right. Well, thanks for that, Travis. Not untapped. No, I didn't say it. <laughs> Thank you for that. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. So today we're talking about 5C, German Hellas Export Beer. Overall impression, a pale, well-balanced, smooth German lager that is slightly stronger than the average beer with a moderate body and a mild aromatic hop and malt character. That's a very vague overall impression. Aroma, low to medium hop aroma, typically floral, spicy, or herbal in character, so German. Moderate grainy sweet malt aroma, so I'm assuming we're kind of Pilsner-ish from what I've read so far. Clean fermentation profile, a slight sulfury note at the start that dissipates is not a fault, neither is a low background of DMS. Appearance light gold to deep gold clear, persistent whitehead. See, that that stands out to me though when they say aroma um, clean fermentation profile, so that talks about yeast, that you're not going to get yeast esters and stuff but the slight sulfury note would come from the German lager yeast strain. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that they want a clean fermentation profile, but if you do get some of those sulfury notes that can come from that specific German yeast lager strain. Or a low DMS mm -hmm. profile. Yeah. Next up, DMS. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Flavor. Neither grainy sweet malt nor floral spicy or herbal ops. Ops? (laughs) Ops. Ops. You have two H words right next to each other. One of them you don't pronounce the H, and the other one you do. Herbal hops. Herbal hops. hops. (laughs) Canadians actually say herbs. What up, herb? Herbal hops dominate. So it's saying neither. That was a a big, long conversation. Let me start that over again. Hey. Neither grainy sweet malt nor floral, spicy, or herbal hops dominate. But both are in good balance with a touch of malty sweetness, providing a smooth yet crisply refreshing beer. Balance continues through the finish, and the hop bitterness lingers in aftertaste, although some examples may finish slightly sweet. Again, clean fermentation character. Some mineral character might be noted from the water, although it usually does not come across as an overt minerally flavor. Mouthfeel, medium body, medium carbonation, smooth but crisp. I guess I'll go ahead and read the comments. Sometimes known as a Dortmunder or Dortmunder export. Was that what it was called in the old guidelines? I remember that seeing that somewhere. Yes. Okay. Brewed to a slightly higher starting gravity than other light lagers, providing a firm, multi body and underlying maltiness to complement the sulfate accent accentuated there we go. Sulfate accentuated hot bitterness. The term export is a beer strength descriptor under German brewing tradition and is not strictly synonymous with the Dortmunder style. Beer from other cities or regions can be brewed to export strength and labeled as such, even if not necessarily exported. So kind of the uh, the shilling thing with the, the Scots. Exports of strength, not necessarily that they export it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think there is a little bit of history kind of tied into that too because you have, you know, other... Other, brewer, other breweries that do that kind of thing, like you have Guinness Draft, which is a, 
a dry stout, and then Guinness for an extra stout, which is you know much heavier and, and higher in alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it that would be the, a similar kind of thing labeled export, but um, you know originally back in the day, you might want to have a little higher alcohol beer to survive a trip across the ocean. But um, even though it does say that it is a a German labeling, what does it say? A beer strength descriptor under German brewing tradition. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, that might be the case now. When it first started, could have been that, you know, the beers that they exported, they wanted to be a little heavier, a little higher in alcohol to survive the trip. So, could be something to do that. Characteristic ingredients. Minerally water with high levels of sulfates, carbonates, and chlorides. German or Czech noble hops. Pilsner malt. German lager yeast. Newer commercial versions can contain adjuncts and hop extract. In a style comparison, less finishing hops and more body than a Pils, but more bitter than a Hellas. I'd like to point out something. Um, on the commercial examples, now what confuses me is it says bottled on and then ice cream. <laughs> Interesting observation. Yeah, right, right, yeah. No, but someone's really done it now. Someone's called a beer Dab Original Exactly. You have to dab to get the beer. Yeah, so our, uh, <laughs> our commercial examples here are the dab original. Dortmunder Cronin, Dortmunder Union Export, Flinsberger Gold, Gordon Biersch Golden Export. Gordon Biersch Golden Export. Biersch. Yes. Biersch. Great Lakes Dortmunder Gold. They're a nationwide chain. Nationwide is on your side. Similar to Humperdinks. I think there's a Gordon Beerish location in Dallas. I've actually never been. No, it is it is in Dallas. I know exactly where it is too. I, I <coughs> Courtney gets her hair has gotten her hair done at the salon right across the street from it. Get your hair dated Gordon Beerish. Just the hair. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a restaurant too. It's mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. Like a brew pub. Yeah. We need to go. check that out. The 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 shops at Legacy. Speaking of which I want to go back to Edelweiss. I would like to as well. I need a few steins of beer. Steins. Steins. And we should go on a Thursday because of that guy. He plays on Thursdays. They had an article in the paper this week. They're celebrating their 50th anniversary of being open. And apparently the original owner who opened it left for a while and is now back working with them, owning it again. So I don't know if he was still there when we went a couple years ago. Or if this is like a reason thing, but they, uh, yeah, they are celebrating their 50th anniversary. Are they going to have a big party? I Lots think of Steins. every weekend is a big party for them. <laughs> Dances and so stuff. I want to go back. I wouldn't mind going back. Yeah, I would love to. The food was really good. Yeah, the beer was great. Mm, Get some got a, we got summer rolling right around the corner. and I'd like to go sooner than that. And then I'll, yeah, after UIL. <laughs> right before UIL, you can go Kentucky. <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Travis, you can tell some history about the export. Yeah. It uh, was exported. So, like Chris said, it was... Um, to where? It was otherwise known as the Dortmunder export, and that's because it was originally brewed by Dortmunder Union in Dortmund, Germany in 1873. This was a soft-textured beer influenced by the Pilsner Lager brewed in Pilsen. So it was kind of the uh, the answer to that region and what they wanted. 
Uh, it became popular with the industrial workers and was responsible for Dortmunder Union becoming Germany's largest brewery and Dortmund having the highest concentration of breweries in Germany. With the decline of heavy industry in the area, the sales of Dortmunder also declined until by 1994 the Dortmund Union Brewery had shut down and merged with several of the Dortmund breweries to form Brinkhoff's Brewery. How sad. I'm sorry, what was that last name you just said? What brewery? Brinkhoff's Brewery. How do you spell that? B-R-I-N-K-H-O-F-F. Okay, Brink. Got it. It was kind of hard to tell with your accent. I was going to ask, is it brewed in, brewed in München? <laughs> what? Bless you. Bless you. I think it's around the corner from München. München? München. It's Munich. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. So, Dortmund was one of the earliest commercial brewery... Brewer... Sorry, I beat you to it. That was a live drop followed by a recorded drop. Yep. A drop, drop. Which brewery? The brewery. Oh. Dortmund. One? Establishing itself as a major brewing, brewing city. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Which exported its beers to the neighboring Westphalian cities. The Dortmunder breweries originally brewed a wheat-based dark... Kalured, short fermented beer. <laughs> Kalur. Uh, however, in 1873, when the golden Kalured pale barley based slow fermented beer as brewed in Pilsen, as known as Pilsner, became popular, several of the local breweries grouped together under the same uh, name, Dortmunder Union, to produce their own pale lager. Under the guidance of brewmaster Fritz Brinkhoff, there were originally two varieties. Lager beer and slightly stronger export at around 5.5%. Just like guidelines. Oh, guidelines. You mean it wasn't, you mean it wasn't Master Betty? <laughs> Do we still have that drop? I don't know. Is there a drop for Master Betty? Or is that just outtakes? Uh, I don't think there is, I don't know. actually. <laughs> After WW2. Export was the most popular type of beer in Germany until 1970 when it was supplanted by pills. Its fortunes have revived a little since its low point of the late 1990s. In 2008, just under 10% of the beer sold in German shops was export. And that was something I'd kind of I'd kind of figured out that the, you know, Dortmunder export style was less common. We don't really see too many of them in our area being in North Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we're pretty far from that area but we do see a larger percentage of uh, of german pills and the uh, german euro pale lagers in our area than we do the the gold slash export slash dortmunder style so uh it is a style in decline but still we can found in you know several pockets of the of the region and we uh we have a few examples today one is actually from the germany uh, region and then other ones are far from it yeah i have one from russia yeah it's one of those kind of things i think mine's from vietnam so I mean, we're just all over the place well and the, the german example is actually listed as one of the classic examples so all right um well let's get to drinking well we i just want to just to recap okay we've done pilsner yes and we've done hellas it was hellas good it was that was the episode that stubby was yes. here on um, so comparison between the two, less hops and more body than a Pils, and more bitter than a Hellas. 
So it should be in between the two. So like a little a happy bit more body. Medium. Yeah. So that should right. be interesting. I don't know that I've ever had a. So this is like the Budweiser German. Of Germany. <laughs> well, this was their it's answer to the thicker. Pilsner. Yeah. It's a little thicker. Before they made the German pills. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so premium right. pills. Right. So it should be interesting. All right. Well, let's let's drink. All right, well, first up is the Flensburger Gold. And this is a commercial example listed on BJCP. Uh, brewed by Flensburger Browery Emil Peterson, GMBH and Co. Flensburg. Okay. <laughs> uh, imported through German, uh, sorry. Imported through Denver, Colorado. Brewed according to the German purity law of 1516. 4.8% ABV. Reinheitsgebot. Yeah. <laughs> so. Man, did you hear when it opened? Boom. Bork. It shoots out. On I its didn't own. even touch it. It was like that. I thought a bunch of people. Uh, I think someone just got shot. Yeah. This thing was under some pressure. Yep. Under pressure. Anyway, so it's very clear. Brilliantly clear. Yeah, that's like Coors Light clear, but it's darker than that. It's it's yeah, a it's like Coors Banquet. It's like a dark gold color. It's lighter than Hackershore, though. I may venture to say it's gold. Uh, that's what it says <laughs> on the label. Yeah, it's got a uh, does have a foamy a, head. Yep, very persistent. Yeah, white head. It smells fantastic. Oh. Get some sweet grainy notes in the aroma. I get malt. <laughs> yes. Sweet grainy notes. Um, I don't get any adjuncts up front. Ad- well, in the taste, I get malt. Adjunct oh, doesn't. Yeah, it said in the guidelines. Some oh. examples have adjuncts or uh, hop oils, hop extracts, huh. something like that. Okay. Yeah, it's like a real kind of soft grainy edge to it. A soft right. edge. Mm-hmm. Like a, a rounded hmm. corner. Yeah. <laughs> Sweetness is definitely there. I, I, I mean, I can see a little touch of adjunct, but it's definitely not a, a major player in this. No, I, I get a lot of grain. Yeah. This tastes a lot like Hackershore in ways. Not skunked. No. Which is nice. Brown bottle, so that helps with that. Brown. There is a strong malt Brown. presence. It's not anything like the, the Dunkel we were just drinking, but... I, I would venture to say this is similar to a Fest beer. I, you know, I'm actually on those same lines with you. <clears throat> totally. But it's thicker. It's got a, it's got a, a more uh, of a heavier mouthfeel than a, yeah. a Fest beer. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'd go all the way to heavy, but a medium full. Well, I just... I, it's heavier. Right. Yeah. So, sorry. Yeah. I kind of no, didn't no, describe that well enough. Very much a bready beer. Yes. Yeah. If, you know, going back to me and Dunkel, if that was liquid bread, this was very close behind. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would say it was really that close to liquid bread. Well, I mean, it's very bready, very grainy. You're not going to get anywhere near the the chocolate notes or the toasted note that you get out of a Munich Dunkel. Well, but the no. graininess is definitely there. It's too. I I don't know. Maybe, Maybe like a white bread. 
Well, yeah, don't think it's filling his bread, but as far as flavor, yeah. Yeah. Very bread. Okay, I can kind of see what you're saying. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are right. you getting any, like, hot profile at all, however? No, not really. It's very sweet. Maybe right up front, you get some some floral or grassy, but it's very subtle, and it quickly gives way to the, the, the bready sweetness. I agree. It's one of those things you have to be looking for to get. Yeah. If you're just sitting back and, you know, enjoying a beer, then you're going to focus on the main part of it, which is the bread and malt uh, characteristic. And then, yeah, the hops are just going to just kind of fade. But if you're looking for them, they're there uh, in low uh, low amounts for sure. Do you agree that it's right at the beginning, though? <laughs> yes. I don't get any. I don't really get any, like... Lingering bitterness. Also, no, it's no. a fairly clean finish. I don't get any of the like, um, yeast character. A, this is a German finish. No uh, <laughs> no sulfur or DMS. Yeah. That DMS. I no diacetyl. No, you know, any, any off flavors at all. It's just liquid. Okay. So. Bready, malty sweetness. Speaking of diacetyl, as I was playing on Friday night, I had a shock top. Uh, they're, they're wit beer. Uh, just a plain chalk top. Yeah. Okay. Diacetyl like crazy. Really? Oh my gosh. Yes. It was like awful. Movie theater popcorn. Yes. Interesting. It was terrible. Huh. I haven't uh, had one of those in a long time. As soon as I had, well, see, it's like we get, well, I'm not going to go into that. It's another story, but I had one and it was not very good. So I switched to liquor. That's the end of my story. <laughs> But Interesting. Yeah, I've really bad diacetyl. Time. Yeah, it, it was hmm. not good. Just the regular, yes, regular shock plain top. old like the the blue moon of yes of shock top. Yep. You know, I actually way back when I actually preferred shock top to blue moon. Oh, I could see that, but yeah. I I haven't had it in a long time, so it's interesting. Yeah. I wonder if it was maybe just a bad keg. Or, it might have been. Yeah, hmm. I don't know. Might have been the lines too. Yeah. Because I've run into issues before where it's a good beer that I know I've had several times uh-huh. and just at a certain location, it's like, this isn't right. And I would be quicker to place blame on the venue rather than the brewery. Right. Yeah, I didn't really place blame. I just knew that it was diacetyl. Yeah. Well, you know, something's off. And so, okay. Well, something was off yeah, at least. It just tasted wrong. like butter. And I think, you know, especially with big major producers like... You know, Shock Top is, is owned by AB, so mm-hmm. they have their procedures down pat. Yeah, I'm not going to say that nothing ever goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. But it's very, very I, small possibility. Rare. Whereas a little a little bar in Deep Ellum that has beer <laughs> on that, you know, yeah. maybe not everyone drinks all the time. Eh, could be something there. I don't know. But I remember going to a, a TGI Fridays once and ordering a Dos Equis. <laughs> And it was flat. Mm. And it just tasted horrible. That's weird. Yeah. I, like out of a bottle? No. It was out of a keg. Really? Wow. I guess they were having issues with their, their keg lines or their serving system or something, but it came out flat. That's so weird. I sent it back and got something else. I'm like, I can't I can't even force myself to drink this. But yeah. All anyway. Right. Well, back to this beer. It's a fantastic beer. Oh, uh, yeah. It's it's really great. I like it a lot. Um, I would drink this again. The flavor's great. It's a little too heavy to be like a what you would assume a light beer to be like. Right. Like light, light is in color, not 
you know. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not a lawnmower beer. No. This is like, in terms of thickness, like a pale ale. I might even venture a little bit more than that. Maybe. Yeah, maybe a little. I mean, that, that's just, just the closest the, thing I yeah, can think. Yeah, the overall impression's a little more body than what you would assume just looking at it because after that it doesn't look super dark after that you start talking about ipas and ambers and it's just like well you know i'm not gonna be able to handle this it's a little thick (laughs) (laughs) so if this was their first attempt at you know creating a beer to compete with the uh, pilsner out of a pilsen way back in the day then i could see how they would have to do a few more different kind of beers to uh to really compete because yes this is a lot heavier than what you would uh, what you consider just a, a german pills yeah but uh, i guess they wouldn't create anything to compete with that because german pills was the light one and maybe they wanted to go a little bit heavier a little bit sweeter yeah you know just change things up a little bit because what else would have been around at that time at that time, it was all regional breweries, and so, you know, all the industrial workers are talking about, they wanted, maybe they had just all dark beer, all, I don't know, porters, and they wanted something lighter, so this was lighter than what they were used to, so, you know, mm. if you don't know what you're missing out on, you don't know what you're missing out on. <laughs> right, yeah. that on a throw pillow. <laughs> All right. All right. So moving on. Poundability. So what's your poundability rating on this one, huh? (laughs) (laughs) What was that in reference to? What beer? Do you remember? There was a lot of laughter, so I'm going to assume it was probably one of the later ones of the Rabbit Hole episode. That That, was Matt That big bottle that you bought, maybe? Oh, the uh, whole Lang Syne? Yeah. Could be. I think it was that beer. <laughs> yeah, because there was like stuff going on in the background, and and Matt was. was that was a fun episode. Fun. It really it was. was. I had a blast. Yeah, that was a good time. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, we're referencing a rabbit hole episode. Yeah. In which we had uh, Matt Morris, the uh, co-owner, and mm-hmm. we also had the assistant brewer, uh, Clint, in studio with us. It was really cool. Yeah. Kind of our, our one of our first experiences actually having industry members in studio with us. You know, sure, we've talked to them before, but we've never actually had them yeah. posted them here. Yeah. So definitely check it out. <laughs> anyway, uh, I th- yeah, I'm going to go with like a six on this one. Yeah. Just because of the, the fuller, not full body, but fuller body than what you'd expect. Yeah, I'm also going to have to go with a six. Uh-oh. Don't do it, Travis. <laughs> I'm gonna go nine. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yes. Six it is. did not. Oh. Yes, it is. Oh. <laughs> That's better than six, and six, six. A little thicker, but there's also really no flavors that are gonna prevent me from pounding it. All right. Yeah. Do it. You know, it's like I could pound a glass of milk if I wanted to. Oh my gosh. You you could. It's easy. Well, yes. Yeah. I could I could easily pound that, but I can't. You know me. I can't pound any beer. Yeah. Do it, Travis. You got like. A little over a third, less than a half of glass left. Let's see. <laughs> Is your number still the same? <laughs> Careful, he might puke in his little two-ounce taster glass again. 
<laughs> I mean, that didn't happen. Blue bonnet. Let's call it spit up. Uh, oh, gross. Speaking of milk. Oh. <laughs> no, that was great. I, you I, keep I, your nine? Yeah, I'll put it in nine. All right, let's, let's try this out. It's not bad. The carbonation kind of started to get to me a little bit. Yeah. But that's going to be with anything. It really does remind me of a fest beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's, it's sweet. If this was, like, a lot lighter, I would think it was a fest beer. Lighter in body. Mm-hmm. If it was sweeter, I would say Martin, like Hacker Shore. Or if Ooh. it had a little bit more chocolate notes in it, I'd think Munich Dunkel. Yeah. I mean, the Flensburger Dunkel is, if I'm not mistaken, one of the commercial examples of that style, too. Yeah. And that's a great beer. So, yeah. they're, they're, Flensburger does the German styles very well. Which would make sense because they're in Germany, but yeah, definitely closer to a fest beer than a Martin, just because of yeah, you know, color and and uh, lack of some caramel sweetness. But uh, yeah, this is spot Great on. Beer. Certainly yeah. a classic example of this of this uh, style. Yeah, yeah. Um, I cleaned out the last two out of Total Wine, so I don't know how often these come in. Are they dates. Well, I remember seeing six packs. Did you look in the six packs? You just go straight to the singles. No, I'm a single kind of guy. Uh, September, actually, <coughs> Europe, so it's probably backwards. So July 9th, twenty seventeen. Oh, that was the future. a while ago. Nice. Well, it's probably a Best Buy date, I would assume. So still, still within the the date on the yeah. bottle. which is not always the case from Total Wine. Well, all right. Are we going to uh, Russia or? Where's your Vietnam. 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 <laughs> Vietnam. I think we're going to flip a coin and then we'll be back with Lieutenant Dan. The lesser two evils. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, yeah. The next one up is in a green bottle. Uh, and this is the Baltica number seven export or a uh, Dortmunder slash export. It's a 5.4 ABV. Uh, we do not know the IBUs. And uh, it has an overall rating on Untapped of 3.06, and apparently a friend of mine has rated it as a 3.25. Not sure who that is, but uh, it uh, was huge. That's about all I can say to the matter. It was huge. It was my buddy from uh, from Total Wine. So, anyways, yeah, that's what we're drinking from Russia, not from China. Okay. Right, not from China. Okay, just making that clear. Uh, yeah. Gosh. <laughs> Our friends in Russia. I'm going to just mention the elephant in the room. Where's the elephant? It's, those are pretty big. It's a green bottle. As soon as we poured it, I got skunk. Well. Just smell it. Oh, you mean the beer. It's a little skunked. A little? <laughs> Maybe a lotl, but a, a, a lot, a lot a bit, a lotl. Well, since um, the first taste is with your eyes, I'm going to say it's a very clear straw colored. Except for when you pour it, with, and you're hitting the face with a skunk. With a light, <laughs> bubbly white head, still has uh, bubbles. It's uh, emanating from the bottom of the glass. Up brilliantly to the top. clear. It is a little lighter than a Flinsberger. Yeah, so this is more like Coors Light. Yeah, eh, not that light. Yeah, it's pretty light. Coors Light. 
Yeah, not this. Coors Light's like water. Okay, Coors, 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 Coors Banquet. Lala. Corona Familiar. <laughs> anyway. Um, <clears throat> aroma. Skunk. <laughs> you don't get and, anything else? Well, it's just... It's, it's yellow. It's so what about corn? strong. I don't know about corn. I'm getting some of the same bready... Uh, grainy notes. I am Cornholio. <laughs> um, but it's kind of uh, overpowered by the skunkiness. Now, we know that skunkiness but. kind of dissipates fairly quickly, so I'm going to let mine sit for a minute and see. Yeah. Like, even now, I'm, I keep smelling it, and the skunkiness is dissipating. I'm going to let it sit for a minute before I drink some more. I already did my untapped rating, and it was not favorable. I'm going to give this a three on untapped. I get some like soft clay notes, like a little bit of earthiness, but definitely a lot of grain. The aroma? Comes with it, yeah. And the aroma Clay? Well. Yeah. Like when I say clay, I think just... Earthy tones. Sorry. I was being really loud. I apologize. <laughs> We're being really loud. Yeah, like like a powdery clay. Not not Play-Doh, not that. So you're talking clay like the kind of dirt that we have around here, clay. Yeah. The one that has a very soft aroma, but it's... Not the tick box. <laughs> I see what you did there. Only Travis would get yeah. that one. Oh, well, no, you would get that one too. What? Wouldn't he get that one? Clay Donovan? Yeah. Oh. I told him the story. Oh, okay. A long ago. The key master. Your joke had several layers. It took me a long while to connect the dots. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, moving on. All right. It's had a second to sit, so let's uh, let's take another whiff. Logger Jack level nine. Still get skunk. This is Freaking smunked as nope. hell. <laughs> smunked? <laughs> I didn't just say that. Apparently so. <laughs> I heard Eddie confirm it. Yeah. Who's not here? This Freaking is smunked as nope. hell. Some, something <laughs> that smells bad. Wheel of Styles level 15. No, flavor's not that bad. Is it similar to the Flintsburger? I'd say thinner. Definitely a thinner body. Oh, yeah. Kind of a, Much thinner. a lower just flavor profile in general. Uh, this one would be, I guess, closer to a Pills than a Dortmunder. If we were to do two. Well, the pills would have a lot more hop flavor. I'm just talking like in, in flavor and, and thinness. Well, you know, we we compared the Flins Burger to a Fest beer. And I think the body of this one fits Fest beer more so than the Flins Burger did. I'd agree. So if someone ever served a Fest beer in a green bottle, it would taste like this. Oh, that looks ominous. <laughs> it, you can't ignore the skunk. Uh, no, I wasn't ignoring it. I know it's I, there. It's, it's just... It, it, I guess I'm like super sensitive to it. Well, Smell Eddie's thing. rim. What you need to do, what? Chris, is you need to just take a week and drink Corona in the clear bottle. What? 
We you need do you not desensitize yourself to that. Yeah, no, you need to I just can't. The best way to attack it is to hit it head on. Build up a tolerance to <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, just boom, just you like know? heroin. I mean, inject it until what? 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 <laughs> and well, that, we're back. That escalated quickly. <laughs> anyway, so do you remember when we did the Corona outside? Yes, and we we set out. It was like what five minutes? Maybe? And it was a cloudy day too. Oh my god! Wow, what in the? Oh my! That was that was your response to these. Sounds Scottish like episode corona. two. Yeah, I think it beer one hundred one. Yeah, <laughs> episode three, beer one hundred one. Because number two was saison. Oh, yeah. oh, was it? God, think back to that. <sighs> We've come such a long way, you know. Think back. <laughs> That was episode one. Yeah, that was episode one. Oh my gosh. 1.0 or 1.2? 1. 1.1. 1.3. <laughs> 1. 1 prime. Anyway. Um, anyway, okay. so. It's been th- sitting. I'm, I'm letting. I'm trying to let the skunk dissipate because I want to get a fair. Just hit it head on, man. Just go. Oh my God. You know what I started to okay. do? The skunk is, is about 80% gone. And I'm I'm getting more of the the grainy sweetness like we got in the Flintsburger. Mm-hmm. Um, much much more palatable now. Here's what I've started to do with beers like this that are in the green bottles or the 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 clear bottles is I just consider that as part of the style now. Uh, I pour it and then go drink something else and then come back to it. No, because then it's warm <laughs> and I don't want to do no, that. Put it in the fridge. But then it doesn't really die off as well. Yeah, it does. I think it's easier if you just consider it as part of the style. But it's not. But it should be. Nowhere in this guy in the guidelines does anything about skunk. That's true. You just well, I it's kn- not part of the style. It You're did say, it did say something about sulfury notes. I know. And a slight DMS character. You're missing what I'm saying. I'm saying it should be. I know it's not on there. But it should be because it uh, happens so often. Our classic example was in a brown bottle. I'm talking about This is also Corona. from Russia. This is from Russia. If it's you, not even a German beer. Yeah, if you drink this beer in Moscow, is it going to have the same skunky qualities that we had in Arlington, Texas today? Probably no. So then it should not be listed as a skunk beer that shouldn't be a part of the style. Well, first of all, I'm also talking about... Ooh. Never mind. We're getting sidetracked. We should, we Never should mind. submit that for the new iteration of the BJCP when they redo it again. What, skunk? Skunk style. <laughs> to skunk the living heck out of your beer? It's like anything in a green or a clear bottle could be entered as skunked beer. This Freaking is skunky. Freaking smunked as nope. hell. <laughs> hey, you know what? Smunked could be a smoky skunk beer. That sounds like a terrible idea. You're going to brew one, aren't you? Probably. But you know what that's from? <laughs> Smoking. And I'm going to brew it with smoked peat. Oh, God. Is he cute? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> oh, speaking of which. Speaking of cute. Pete? Five uh, pounds. No, because. <laughs> anyway, at Blue Bonnet, there was a Randall. I didn't see it. That had it was a uh, was it a stout? My first Randall at Blue Bonnet last in this past year. Was <laughs> this was the the Randall at the um, the Simpsons booth? Like everybody was decked out like Simpsons. Yeah, it was a little strange. There was but, one homebrew club that that was their shtick. Everyone had a Simpsons esque costume. They, on. they were serving Duff beer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. Anyway, 
they had a Randall for one of their stouts. I think it was a stout. And the Randall had Butterfinger in it. Yeah. Off of the Bart Simpson commercials, don't lay a finger oh, on my Butterfinger. I remember you telling me about that beer. And see, the thing is... Did you try it? No. And, and the reason is, I'm not a big candy eater. I don't have a sweet tooth. And so... There were chunks of Butterfinger in my beer, which is to be you know, expected in a Randall situation like that. But it was... It was okay. Well, that's. You ever put a whole bag of warheads in your mouth? <laughs> that <laughs> I would think you would choke on the plastic. Chubby buddy. Yeah. See, because I've always wanted to do like a, a Reese's beer, chocolate peanut butter, but every peanut butter beer that I've had has not been very good. That and I don't like peanut butter. So I don't think I'll ever brew. If I do want, it's probably gonna be a small batch. I want a sour beer put through a Randall with warheads. We always Ooh. joke about it, but why not? That would be good. I bet my why mouth not? is watering because we're talking about warheads. Yeah, every time you talk about cool. warheads, your mouth starts to water. You could do like different flavor Randalls too. Get the lemon warhead Randall, the green apple. Yeah. The lemon one always seems more sour than the others, and the green apple, the <sighs> raspberry warhead. Mm. The schnozberries taste like schnozberries. The very right. first pour would take all the sour stuff off, and then. The rest of it would just be yeah, sugar. It would be sweet. All right. So, poundability on this one? Poundability it. Five. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to say higher on this one. This is going to be an eight for me. I'm going to say this is a, a five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll put it an eight. I mean, you get past the skunk, which it does dissipate eventually. I'm and then still, it's, it's still light body Yeah, I'd, I'd say an eight. I don't know. Bless you, but still very carbonated. I hope the Vietnamese do this style better than the Russians. It's a green bottle too. It's not going to be any better. Oh, I promise you. Maybe Lieutenant Dan will give us some comments <laughs> on the beer. Lieutenant Dan, ice cream. <laughs> Speaking of ice cream. Fried shrimp, bowl shrimp. Now, what confuses me is it says bottled on and then ice cream. <laughs> it really did say that, though. Uh-huh. It did. All right, let's move on. Travis, what you got? This is the Deep Ellum IPA. No, not quite. Completely the wrong stuff. Yeah, this uh, actually comes from a different part of the world. What is China? Your box? No. Your box says Yang. Well, I appreciate the four not pack looking at my box. I appreciate the four pack carry right and said Yang. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <sighs> Sawyer's back to the non-alcoholic beer. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's a drop. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> that's my new no drop. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Instead of no. Yeah, now it's no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, we're moving on to a a bira from Vietnam. Lieutenant Dan, have we ever had a Vietnamese <laughs> beer? Oh my god, Sawyer! I'm sorry. <laughs> on this podcast, I don't think we have. Hmm. I'm. I know I've had beer from Vietnam before. At least I think I have. <laughs> but I don't think we've featured any. On this podcast. Eventually, whenever we run out of beer styles, we're just going to have to go to countries. So we'll have a Vietnamese episode, I'm sure. I apologize uh, in advance. 
We'll have Mike win on he the can Vietnamese episode. They just drink Heineken, <laughs> according to him. So I'll feature that and more. Um, this is called 33 Export, and it is a product of VBL Tian Gang Limited, <laughs> Moi Tao Industrial Zone, Bin Dok Kumyu, Chao Tan District. Tang Gang Province, <laughs> Vietnam. All I, of that is around the label. Uh, bro, I need to talk to somebody. Wow. What? Racist. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's another one. <laughs> Look at somebody. Now you have two no drops. <laughs> <laughs> this is imported by Ba Ba Import. <laughs> <laughs> West, Sorry, you're fired. Westport, Connecticut, United States of America, uh, comes in at four point five percent. So, it is listed as an export beer, even though it is from Vietnam. It's in a green <laughs> bottle, and it pours a very clear um, straw gold color, bubbly white head. It's a darker gold, closer to the Flensburger Lots than the, uh, the Baltica was. Yes. But only slightly. Only slightly. <laughs> Are you okay, Sawyer? I'm trying to be. Do you need to excuse yourself for a minute? Go, go drink some water upside down or something. Drink some beer upside down. Yeah, oh, make this sounds like a really bad idea. <laughs> In this room, only one person has done that, and it's not me. What? Has, what? Has drank beer upside down. Are we talking like cake stand? Oh. Uh-huh. I've never done one. Exactly. <laughs> Only one person in this room has, and it's not me. Has or hasn't? Has. Oh. Yeah, I did that. I like how all those are me. <laughs> I'll be back. There's gonna be a hiccup laugh drop, I'm, I'm sure. Let's isolate this whole section of the podcast. But um, anyways. <laughs> Goodbye, Sawyer. Aroma is <laughs> Aroma is actually not that bad. It's, uh, okay, this one is not as skunky as the other one was. Yeah, I don't know if I'm just completely not or ignoring it, or just not focusing on it. Well, I I, I made a point to smell it as soon as I poured it. Okay. To get a, a you know true representation of it, and I was not hit over the. It's still there, but I was not hit over the head with it. Okay. Um, I I still get it a little bit. But I'm getting a lot more of the grainy sweetness notes that we're getting out of the style. Yeah, this, I mean, this does remind me more of just the kind of the standard Asian rice lager. You know, really? It, it does. Uh, like any time I go to a, a sushi restaurant or, or, you know, Chinese or Japanese restaurant, or whatever. Some zingu. Yeah, I'll typically try to order beer from that region in that style, and this definitely has the same kind of. Same kind of scent. A little bit of a adjunct character hmm. comes through in this one. 
<laughs> I'm not really getting that. I'm getting a lot more of the uh, Flensburger character than the Baltica. Like, it's much more that direction. I would agree with that. But I'm still not picking up any rice or, or other adjunct. I'm, I'm still getting the, the grainy sweetness that we got before with a hint of skunk. I get a little... Like a little bit of paper. Paper? Light paper. No. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> when I think about smelling rice... Rice, rice hulls? Rice husks? But, I mean, it's... It's just latent. Like... Mm. It's, I, it's good, though. I... I'm pleasantly surprised. Decent flavor. A uh, little bit of like a huskiness to the grain character. Um, not quite as sweet and like well-rounded as the Flint's Burger was. This one's a little more straightforward, uh, less complex, but does have some of the some similar characteristics. It's surprising that the Vietnamese can do German style so well. What? <laughs> Welcome back, Sawyer. Thanks. Does she have a glass of water? Characteristics? <gasps> yes. Did you drink it upside down? Mm-mm. <laughs> well, here's... Episode... Just to uh, d- kind of dispel a myth here. All being, right. <laughs> <laughs> being drunk does not give you hiccups. I'm not drunk. <laughs> No, but I'm saying, like, you have been drunk on this podcast several times. Yes. If not just about every time. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. drunk. <laughs> and this is the first time you've had hiccups yeah. that I can remember. Yeah, well, so not drunk. That's that's a misnomer. That Buy a being, bottle of this and being, get shmammered. <laughs> You're welcome for that. What? Yeah. What is that from? I don't know. But buy a bottle of this and get shmammered, apparently. Yeah. Even though it's four point five percent, probably the uh, desire. That's like a lot higher than that. Yep. Uh, we actually met the owner of Moonlight Meadery. Yeah, he, he sat behind us, Michael Fairbrother. Yeah, at at Blue Bonnet, because he's the one that owns the meadery. Uh, they're based out of what they say, New Hampshire, I believe. It was a uh, one of the yeah the northeastern states. <clears throat> And, um, yeah, he's the one that he creates desire. And I know we've had other Moonlight Meadery stuff, too. But uh, that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get to talk to him much. I spoke to him briefly. but You know, and for some reason, I always thought that uh, that, that, w- that that place was located somewhere in Texas for whatever reason. I'm not really sure what gave me that notion. but Because uh, yeah. we don't really see much mead, period. No, we don't. But and there are Texas meaderies. Yes. Yeah. Plenty, plenty much so, and we feature them on our yeah, podcast. Yeah. But to have a mead that is listed on the BGCP guidelines as you know, basically the commercial example of all of the mead styles, because mm-hmm. we saw that time and time again, moonlight this, moonlight that, moonlight this, moonlight that. Yeah. And that they come from New Hampshire or Vermont or Connecticut, man. I wish I could remember, but I know it was in the Northeast, and we have a lot of their stuff here. Mm-hmm. So I guess all of those things put together, you'd be led to believe it was a local, right? Thing. Right? Yeah. Mm. I think I'm okay now. <laughs> all right, well, let's finish up uh, export thirty-three. I still have a whole beer to drink. Any uh, any other thoughts on this one? We kind of talked it already, but uh poundability maybe out of the three we've had this is my number two favorite i heard something about paper for sure 
Yeah, Travis said he was picking up some rice character, like some adjunct and paper. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm comparing this to like other, you know, Asian light loggers, such as like Singha or uh, Asahi Sapporo. I could see your paper comment. And this one's a little heavier than those because yeah. it's not the same style. It's right. not like the not the Asian rice lager, but it is a beer that you know carries some similar characteristics. Mm-hmm. Characteristics. Hangzhou Qian Diao Hu Hangzhou Zhengjiang China. Anyway, so uh, that was whenever we had the Buddha beer. Was Lucky it? Buddha. Yeah, it was the Buddha beer. All right. The Findability Buddha, Buddha, Buddha on this beer. one? Mm, five. The flavor kind of throws it for me. Having, oh, jeez. I hate to do this because I know it's not the point of poundability, but I want to um, alter my score for the Flensburger. Uh-oh. No, that's not allowed. Got a little bit of voter fraud going on here. Uh-huh. Well, because I, I would put it's because Russia's involved. I would and put the, the results. That's why. Yeah. yeah, they're they've hacked our podcast. Um, I would put the instead of a six, I'd put the Flingberger Flinsberger to seven. Flingberger. Yeah, and then the uh, the Baltica. I said five, and then I'll put this one at a six because I do think this one's kind of in between the two. The the Baltico had way too much skunk for me. Even after it dissipated, it was I, it was still there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say six on this one, and then a seven on the Flinsberger. I said a nine on the Flinsberger. I said eight on Baltica. I'll go with a seven on this guy. I'm I'm gonna stay at five. This is just kind of heavy for me. <laughs> for me, yeah. I'm gonna say this is a, a five. All right, so um, I have uh, Jamil's book here, Brewing Classic Styles. And ironically enough, I picked it up and opened it to the Dortmunder Export. I was quite pleased with myself. Um, Pleasing yourself? Yeah. I do want to read a little bit about what he said about brewing the style because uh, he says it's an advanced style. The key to brewing a great Dortmunder Export which is this style in the, in the old guidelines, is making sure that neither the hops nor the malt is dominant over the other. Keep a close eye on your pre-boil gravity and volume. If you have a refractometer, check the concentration of the wort at the beginning, middle, and end of the boil. So apparently your gravity throughout is important, not just at the end like most home brewers. That's never something I've done. Yeah. Which is why I don't win medals at Blue Bonnet. <laughs> Said, if you are short at the beginning of the boil, that's the time to either extend the first part of the boil before adding the hops or to add some malt extract to make up for the shortage. If the wort is a bit too concentrated, add some dechlorinated water to the kettle to get it into the right range. If you're using high alpha acid hops, use an accurate gram scale to weigh them. Gram scale. This is the most in-depth that Jamil has gone into any, like, introduction to a style before. So I own the book, and I've brewed maybe half of the beers in there so far. Uh, I haven't touched on the lager side, but... He must have, like, a a special connection to this beer style. 
Because I skipped the first paragraph, but in the first paragraph he said, Dortmund or Export's all about balance, but it isn't a dull, boring beer. This is a beer with a firm, multi-body, and the proper hot bitterness to balance it. It has a moderate strength, bready, and toasted malt flavors, balanced by the fine, spicy, and floral flavor of an aroma of a German noble hop. Yeah, it's like your, uh, your little brother that uh, when people are being picked for, for kickball, you want to stick up for him. Even though he's small and he probably doesn't do much, you're still going to like tout all of the benefits of him. He finishes by saying, balance is very important in this style, and an important part of achieving that balance is hitting your numbers while brewing. Not at the end of brewing, but while brewing. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> so for his extract, he's got a, about a 67% Pilsner LME and 31% Munich LME with some melanoidin malt and Hallertau hops, three different editions of that. Hmm. Um, all grain option, replace the Pilsner extract with Pilsner malt and Munich extract with Munich malt. Go figure. Uh, mash at 152. Increased pre-boil volume is needed to allow a 90-minute boil, which helps reduce DMS. Okay. And that's pretty much it. So it seems pretty straightforward. Pilsner, Munich malt, Hallertau. Um, oh, and yeast, German lager, or the Y yeast, 2124 Bohemian lager, or Fermentus, Saf lager, S23. So you'd want to ferment at, like, just basic lager temperatures? Yep. Probably mid-50s, mid-to-low 50s, and then bring it up for your dialysis <laughs> rest. And then crash it. Yeah, you know, I would love to have lagering capabilities soon. You do? Well, I do, but I don't have the room for it. So drink more. I'd never. I'd, yeah, I'm going to quit making excuses. <laughs> I do need to drink more. Dang it! There you go. You're right. Yeah. You're right. That was a discussion that came up this year when we. Uh, this is the first year that my wife and I have filed taxes together. Yeah. So we got a nice tax refund. Sure. And I was like, okay, well, let's let's make a list of all the things that we'd like to purchase with our tax refund money and then let's prioritize it of course a a chest freezer uh was on my list of course but it was bumped down to the bottom of the list i don't know why but uh we ended up with a big screen tv instead so. happy wife yeah happy life yeah uh, so maybe you know next what year. honestly though chest freezers are not that expensive <laughs> which Get is on craigslist you can buy one for a hundred bucks which is probably why i'll end up with a wolf today <laughs> You're not even married yet, bro. I know. <laughs> we do have one homebrew example that we can share on the podcast today in this style. Really? Yeah, we actually do have a homebrew, and we're still, believe it or not, we're still going through our box of beers from Yes. <laughs> which we got back in like October of last year, and it had a box of just German beer. And it's kind of sat in the studio, you know, we'll kind of dig through it every now and then. Um, and so we are actually making a point now to go through and feature styles that we have homebrew examples of, even though we haven't featured them so far in the podcast. So yes, starting today and the next two weeks after this, we are going to have beer styles that have homebrew examples from the Ozaptist box because it's been there forever and we need to get rid of it and... We're pretty sure that we're about to get several boxes of leftover Blue Bonnet beer. Because that's usually how that yeah. ends up happening. Yeah, y'all guys are going to have to go after that. I may not be there. So, uh, that's probably so. going to happen. So, 
<laughs> but yes, we do have at least one homebrew example. This is labeled 5C German Export number 0089. It uh, obviously did not win Ozaptis because we have one bottle. But we also have one bottle, so maybe it made it to second round and just didn't place. It is not clear. No. It's pretty murky. Yeah, well, let's hazy. say hazy. Yeah, hazy. Uh, murky has like floaties. Okay, I got closer to the bottom. Murky's Mine's pretty like murky. Look at that. Look. Uh, yours is cloudy. <laughs> I call that murky. That's cloudy. This is hazy. Because yeah. I can still see through it. I, can, I have definition... Uh, of the lamp in the bookshelf behind you. I do not have definition of your head. <laughs> Mine doesn't have head. Ooh, aroma is way different. Golden color. Oh, sorry, I skipped. White. It's yeah, first taste with your eyes. <coughs> the aroma is way different. <coughs> Whoa! <laughs> exactly. Yeah, see, this is not like the... Uh, the grainy, you know what I get? Crispness that we've expected from the last three. I'm getting some like citrus, like I orange get, or lemon. I get grapes. Yeah, there's like a fruity sweetness to this that wasn't present, and I don't think should be present. No, don't yeah. say anything about fruit. No fruit. No, 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 no. Is it? Would you call it a citrus or a fruit? Because I'm getting some kind of like a tang, like a sweet twang that I would normally associate with citrus. I'd say just more fruity in general. Okay. Just kind of like fruity ester. The the flavor is fruity too. It almost tastes like raisins. Yeah. This did not win. It did not win my heart. It's kind of... Maybe not raisins, but dates. Are those the same in a way? <laughs> I don't know. I've never had a date. It or a fig. <laughs> it tastes like a, a fig Newton. I've never had a fig Newton. Really? Yeah. You have to get just a fig Newton. Is like, like Eddie's can- not having biscuits? Is that like a candy? No. What's a fig Newton? It's a it's a cookie. It's a cookie with uh, like fruit in the middle. Okay, I'm not a big sweet eater, so that's why I haven't had. We could use some fig newtons. We're gonna have some fig because this to me tastes exactly like a fig newton. All right. Yeah, like when I go over grandparents' house when I was a kid, and I wanted like cookies and sweets. They didn't have that, but they had fig newtons. Okay. Oh my gosh, this this is this tastes like a fig newton. Okay. I just drank it again. Every time you say Fig Newton, I think of, uh, what's that movie? Sir Isaac Newton? No, I don't think of Sir Isaac <laughs> Newton. I said a movie <laughs> with with uh, uh, Will Ferrell, um, Talladega Nights. Yeah. You know, with the big Fig Newton yeah. sticker on his windshield. Like, I sure do love Fig Newtons, but this sticker is dangerous and inconvenient. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, sorry. He said it the other way around. Yeah. This sticker is dangerous and inconvenient, but yep. I sure do love Fig Newtons. Mm-hmm. That's actually a quote on my Facebook. Really? My favorite quotes, yeah. My Facebook used to say that I lived under the I-20 bridge. <laughs> Maybe it was my MySpace. I can't remember which. You know, anyway, anyways. Travis, give me some validation here. Do you taste Fig Newton? Uh, uh, I mean, I could be talked into it, but it wasn't the first thing I thought. Yeah. There's definitely some fruitiness. Some dark fruit character comes through for sure. Uh, this is much more about those kind of esters, which would lead me to say not clean fermentation. 
which so was no clean yog released yeah and that was very clear in the guidelines clean fermentation profile clean fermentation characteristic both in the aroma and the flavor this does not have that because mm. you have those kind of fruity dark fruit esters uh which you would have to assume comes from the yeast because of the the nature of the esters there are some like nice malt elements in this it's not undrinkable by any means um, but it's certainly not within style based on the previous three that we've had today right before you finish your beers there do me a favor swirl it up as best you can okay get a really good head going and then smell it again Oh, Fig Newton. <laughs> I get raisins like crazy. Yeah, it's a fig. Yeah. I say raisins. Yeah, dark fruit. Raisin, fig, dry plums, and all this prunes. Boom. Boom. <laughs> so, uh, I can see why this did not get pushed on. Well, yeah. whether or not those, uh, those characteristics were um, in the beer six seven eight months ago whenever they actually judged it is one thing characteristics you said it that way again but they are certainly in there now no so um thanks but no thanks um yep. no thanks you know it's it's not a bad beer it tastes it really fine is. there's nothing yeah. like off about it except for the style it's yeah. not within style. If I had five gallons of this, Off. I would drink it. Yeah. Sure. I wouldn't be super happy with it, but no. it's, it's still very drinkable. But the only reason you wouldn't be happy with it is because it's not the style you brewed. Or it's not the style you well, want. Well, here's one of the things that we talk about when we're talking about <laughs> competitions. You don't enter it as what you brewed. Well, yes. Or, or what you intended to brew. You right. enter it as what you actually brewed. Yeah. It's like if I, if I brew a... A let's just say a porter, and for some reason it had a very strong smoked character to it. I wouldn't enter it as a porter. I'd enter it as a smoked beer. It's not what I intended to brew, sure, but it's what I ended up brewing. Sure, that's why you don't put out your cigarette butts in the mash. You yeah, put them in the trash. Wow! Oh, I see what you did. Anyway, oh, <laughs> <laughs> what is that one? Pickles. Oh. Oh, pickles. Oh. <laughs> I forgot about that one. It's one of the uh, lesser played drops of our podcast. Oh, my gosh. We just got a ton of likes out of nowhere. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but there's only one person watching. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else to uh, mention about this style before we close it out? No. Okay. Was, See you later. I think it was a good style. Um, 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 yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I guess I'll do the closing though. since I did the intro, too. Uh, yeah. So, we're done? We're good? Okay. All See you later. have been said? Yes? Yep. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for joining us for another episode of Brew Styles. Episode. No, not episode. I made it really clear. Episode. Thank you. And no more hiccups. Episode. Join us next week when we move to Keller for some Keller beer. Keller beer is next week. Cheers till then. Of course, you're not a fetus.